This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Samuel Uluwashiun Hazan. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Um, Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Lord, we just ask that you speak your word again to us this day. You cause your blessings, O oh God, to rest upon us. Cause us to see your glory. Cause change and transformation to come. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, happy Mother's Day once again. Nobody's responding. I thought somebody would say same to you. <laughs> huh? So happy Mother's Day. So God bless you all. You know, um, right now I'm just thinking, what shall we say, you know? There are things that happen and it causes shifts to happen in the atmosphere. Amen. And it causes our emotions also to move. So that's, with all that has happened with the poem of the children, I, I, I've been really moved. I'm like, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. I wish I just listened to Pastor Fumi. <laughs> but it is well. Amen. God will speak to us. And um, while thinking about, maybe we might flow into it, I don't know. But what I intended, earlier, what I had prepared is, you know, when I came the last time, I spoke about guides to glory. God bless you. Thank you. Guide to glory, right? Personal manifestation. Because every word that God gives to us, it, it applies to us as a house, right? And then also to us as individuals. So what I actually prepared for today is, um, you can call it the atmosphere of glory. Yeah, maybe let's just go with that title, the atmosphere of glory. Amen. Because um, when God spoke to us, gave us the word from the beginning of the year that this is a year to manifest glory. It's both on a personal level, amen, and on a corporate level, amen. That song that we derived from Isaiah 60, is it 60 or 61 now? Nations will come to your light and kings unto your rising, right? The wealth of the nation is coming because of his favor, arise and shine. For your light is come. Now, how easy is it for the nations to come to one individual? Because that was a word God gave actually to the nation of Israel, right? So it was more, I mean, in the context of that chapter, it was for the nation. Arise, shine, for your light has come. It applies to an individual. At the same time, it applies to a corporate entity. So when we looked at that uh, guides to glory, 
personal level, personal manifestation. What were some of the things you said? You said we need to pray, you need to be hungry, right? You need to, please remind me, some of those other things. Guide to glory, we remember. You said you need to be prophetic. Do we remember that? You need, what else? Check your notes because um, faith comes by hearing. Most of the messages I've been speaking on glory actually are intertwined. Because if you go through all Pastor Rotomi's messages, Pastor Fumi's messages, um, manifesting glory, and even the ones we had in the last two weeks, which is what was the title? Uh, she's the one answering now. How many of us take time to listen to these messages over and over again? Because by now, this should be the dominant thought in our mind, right? Glory. This is March. The first quarter of the year is almost coming to an end, right? And we're talking about glory, glory, glory. We should begin to ask ourselves, how far with this glory? Amen? How far are you beginning to express glory? Or how far are you beginning to step into glory? We've listed, amen. We've listed several things. We said uh, glory, purity, power, the prosperity, the person, the presence of God. On a personal level, are we beginning to show it? And on the corporate level, I'll just get into it. The atmosphere of glory. Because when God spoke that word, he wants us to experience it in his fullness. It is God's intent that the earth be filled with his glory. It's not just in the life of one individual. Have we read those scriptures? Numbers, um, let's see, Numbers fourteen twenty one. This was God speaking. Numbers 14, 21. Then we'll look at Habakkuk 2, 14. God himself said it. This is God. As truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. What does this sound like? As surely as I live. If you read it in the uh, Old King James, but let's see the Old King James. If you have it. As surely as I live. It is as if God is doing what? Swearing an oath. Amen. If somebody offends you or you, you, know, you want to deal with somebody, well, not anybody here. I, I'm sure nobody here will do that again, that you want to deal with somebody. Say, Kai, even though you're not a Muslim, say, Walai Talai. <laughs> if I, you say truth to God, see, mm, I will show, you know, you are stating that <laughs> this thing, see, I'm serious. Or somebody is asking you for something, say, see, even if you beg me from now to tomorrow, mm, and I will not give you. How many of us do that? Ruth, you do it, Abi. You say, I will not, see, I'm telling you, I will not do it. I will not give you. You are sh- saying nothing will shake you from that position. That is what God was doing here. He said, as truly as I live. Bible says there's no one greater for him to swear by. When he was talking to Abraham, he made an oath. He swore by himself. said, surely, that's what he told Abraham. In bless, I, see. I say I will bless you. But this is the same thing he's saying here. As truly as I live. All the. All the what? All the earth. Does it say your life alone? All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. This is an oath. It is a proclamation by God himself. Let's see Habakkuk 2.14. 
So this matter of glory, it goes beyond him uh, giving you a prophetic word. It's actually his purpose for the whole earth. Now, this is Habakkuk speaking here. After he went to God to say, you know, complaining in the midst of it, the prophetic word came out. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. When God spoke it directly, he said, the earth shall be filled with my glory. When the prophet was re-echoing, he said, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. The glory is going to be there. But even God knows that there will be stubborn people who will not express his glory. But even those stubborn people, he said, they will not deny that there is glory. That's why he said, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. They will know. How will they know? A people must arise to do what? Show that glory. Amen. Not just in their personal life, when they come together. Because that is actually how the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth. As you express it in your personal life, very, very important. And then when we come together, there is a greater demonstration. A greater level of manifestation that God wants to bring upon the earth when his people come together. So that's why all these studies about the church, it's important. Because it is through the church that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. Through the church, God will fill the earth with his glory because his people will show it. But through them, those who don't believe will know that there is something around that is more than the ordinary. Amen. So this is God's intent. And we need to, you know, it was a solemn proclamation, a solemn oath. As surely as I live. You see, and how, you know, it's, it, it, um, let me say, it's a given. As surely as I live. Will God ever die? Is life himself. The Bible says, in him is life. So in saying, see, as long as I remain God, this is what's going to happen. Amen. And he wants us to be agents of that manifestation. Amen. Now, God declared it in scripture. Only one person actually prayed this thing that God said. Do you know who that is? Huh? Anybody wants to take a guess? Daniel, you have a scripture for that? Give me the scripture verse quickly. One person actually prayed it, and that's why God called him a man after his heart. Because it was expressly, uh, you wanted to say David, but you are not sure. <laughs> because I will ask you, where did David pray it? Psalm 72. At the top of that psalm, you see a prayer of David, a prayer for Solomon. He prayed several things for Solomon. And those things truly came to pass. But he tied it in at the end with, let's, uh, Psalm 72 verse 19. He prayed for Solomon. You know, when we said, arise, shine, kings will come to your light. He prayed that thing for Solomon. He said, let the wealth of the nation, let kings, let them bring their gold to him. And it literally happened to Solomon. But at the end of it, he was stating the purpose for all of that. He said, blessed be the glorious name of the Lord. You know, 
Let's read verse 18 so that it will just give us a, a, a brief continuation. Say, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. Verse 19. Blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. If you read study Bible, you said, I think maybe this one doesn't show you. You see something like the prayers of David are ended. Okay, huh? Oh, verse 20. It's another verse. It said, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. As if this is the last thing he prayed. So you can see that in his heart all along, it has been what? God's intent. That the earth be filled with his glory. That the knowledge of the glory of God fills the whole earth. That the church creates an atmosphere of glory. Amen. Amen. So that's what we want to look at today. God helping us. How do we create this atmosphere of glory? Now, let me start by saying that there are two aspects to glory, actually. When it comes to God and the church and the manifestation of glory, there are two aspects. It's like a coin. It cannot be complete without the two sides of the coin, right? If somebody gives you, thank God that Naira notes are back in circulation, Abby. How many of us are going to give our, our offerings in cash today? <laughs> Or we have become used to transfer, right? So if they give you 1,000 naira and it is only one side that is printed, even if it is the, the new one, and the other side is white, will you take it? Why? Is it not new currency? It's fake. Why is it fake? Okay, let's assume that it came fresh from the minting and printing company. It's still hot. <laughs> It came from CBN vaults. Eh? Even if, why? It's not complete. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it comes from. Even if the, the, the machine, they just say, see, let's manage it. This is the printing something. Eh? Let's just, it's coming fresh, mint, but one side is blank. Production error. It does not make it a legal tender. It's the same with the glory of God. There is a human angle, human contribution to God's manifest glory in his people. There is a side, there is a, a part we have to play. And then there is God's side to it. That's when we come together as a church. Even on our personal level, when you said you hunger, who was it that prayed? Did Moses, right? Show me. Many people pray to see the glory of God. But the difference is that David prayed that his glory will fill the earth. Not just him alone. Of course, there are Psalms where he prayed for the glory, for his personal you know, revelation. But then he knows that God's plan. So, one of the things, we, I said it back then that some of those principles will apply even for our corporate, you know, expression of glory. Prayer, hunger is very, very key. If you are not hungry, I'm going ahead of myself, okay. Let's, let's, let's read First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5. First Chronicles 22, 5. Last week, previous week, Pastor me read to us Exodus 28 verse 2, right? Where he talked about the garment of the high priest. And he said it should be for what? Glory and for beauty. For glory and for beauty. You know, it will sound like tautology. If Bible translations, uh, translators say, let it be for glory and for glory. You'll be like, uh-uh. It is for glory, it is for glory. What are you saying? The truth is that, you know... 
because of the limitations of English, many words, different meanings, they may be rendered the same. Because glory, what the rendition most of us know is kabod. But there are other words. And that word translated beauty in that verse, in some other parts of the Bible, it was translated as glory. It was translated as being beautiful. The same word, tifana or tifare. Well, I'm not a Hebrew, but that tifera. There are several places. In fact, more times, like 50 something times that it occurred in the Bible, over 70% of that word was rendered as glory. So out of 50 something times, over 30 something times, that's like crossing 60%, was rendered as glory. So in that place, Exodus 28 verse 2, where it said, let the, the garment be for glory and for beauty. It could have been for glory and for glory. So there is a physical aspect to glory. That's what I'm saying. First Chronicles 22, talking about the building of the temple. Now, how many of us reading through the Bible, you know that that temple was glorious. What made it glorious? There was a heavenly aspect where God's presence came and filled it. We will get to that. But there was an earthly contribution by David, by Solomon and by the children of Israel. This is David speaking. He said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical. You know, old King James, magnificent. Of fame and of glory throughout all the countries. It will take you studying, checking concordance to know that the glory they spoke about here was not cardboard. It, it is not the glory of God. It is the glory of the house itself. The glory of the house. The physical glory. The physical beauty. The investment that went into it. So much so that I said throughout all the countries of the earth, <laughs> there is no house like this. Why do you think the Babylonians and all the countries that attacked Israel, when they want to attack them, the first place they go to, they go to is where? Why? Gold, solid gold. Solid gold. Or kings that uh, don't have faith in God. When anybody wants to come and attack them, where do they go to start removing things to say, take first? <laughs> the temple. Because the level of gold there is out of this world. In fact, it was the only one of its kind. So it says it is magnificent. Throughout all the countries, I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Next verse, you will see him saying, the things of gold. Then he called for Solomon, charged him, charged him. You read down through that verse. Let's see. Please lead me to where it says gold. You know, you read the modern translations where they wrote talents. Some translations tried to put it in tons of gold. I don't know. It, it, they used to, um, an elephant. An elephant weighs like one ton. Or is it hippopotamus? Which animal weighs the heaviest? And I tried a regular salon car. Does it weigh up to one ton? I don't think so. Maybe 600 kg. Huh? Somebody help me Google that. But depending on the type of car. But let's imagine that somebody wants to give you uh, this verse. For now behold in my trouble. 
In my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord an hundred thousand talents of gold and a thousand thousand talents of silver and brass and iron and weight. You know, abundance. Apart from this, other places you still see him saying, out of my own. Now, this is what he did as official gathering for the temple. Out of his own personal treasure as king, he still added to it. So, gold, silver, you know, arise. So, there is a physical aspect to glory. And when God talks about people expressing his glory, there is that physical dimension as well. Amen? And it matters so much to God as much as a spiritual. Because uh, Pastor Rotimi was talking earlier. Thank God I balanced it. I'm like, hey, I hope you'll not make my preaching difficult. We spoke about the temple, people thinking that it is the building. You know, when Pastor Fumi told us that, what, our cloth is supposed to remind us of what? Huh? Of glory of God. That When you see a beautiful dress, what should you think about? Ah, God's glory is more than this. So in telling them to build a magnificent temple, the grandeur of those temples, what was supposed to come to their mind is that a, a reminder of the bigness of God. A reminder. But men, you know, being men, Bible says what was known of God is made known, but, you know, their minds become corrupt. They just miss the point. For Martin Luther, the reformer, after the, um, when he faced all the persecution and everything, you know the hymn he sang? A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Do you know what a uh, fortress is? A fortress. The last uh, family life conference we had, family under siege. How many of you remember the design Broenes made for us? You remember it? If you have it on, maybe you can display. I didn't ask them to project it, but maybe you can go through your WhatsApp. What did he do? Uh, use for that uh, design? Brushing it do. He used a castle. A castle. That is a fortress. In those days of Martin Luther, you know, they were living in seminaries. And those places were fortified cities. You could put it that way as well. To help them whenever attacks were coming or anything. Because there were several forces trying to invade yet. So, in singing that song, A Mighty Fortress, you don't think that his environment added to his inspiration. That, ah, if we have been defended in castles, our God is bigger. A mighty fortress. Because uh, the, 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 the strength of your kingdom in those days, your castle and buildings <laughs> mattered. If you build something small, you are easily overrun. But you build something huge and mighty. While they are coming, you can be pouring hot oil on them. <laughs> Is that not what they do? You know, balls of fire. Fortress. So that was what the building of those temples was supposed to represent to people. But over time, because men are not in tune with God, with the Spirit of God, you lose focus. But I'm just saying all that to say the two is important to God. So there is a physical dimension to glory. God wants us to mind that. It was so important that, let's read um, 2 Chronicles chapter 9, 
the king of Sheba, like, go back, is a regional assignment, I can't get, for sake of time, go through the whole of that Psalm 72. When David prayed for Solomon, he said, let the golds of Sheba, let them come, camels of from here and there, let them come. Those things were fulfilled in the life of um, Solomon. Because David prayed, because there was glory in him. Now, Second Corinthians chapter 9, just to buttress this point on, um, from verse 1, please. So, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem and a very great company and camels that bore spices and gold. In a, now, you see the interesting thing about God. The, the paradox, some paradox in God. It says, he who has, what will happen? Does Solomon need gold? I mean, the temple, they had already gathered all the, from the conquest and the victories of David, they gathered gold. But because of the glory that was there, people still were bringing gold. Amen. That's why we must strive to have, we must use what God has given us and increase in it. Because that is what is going to bring more. Amen. Say he will, you know, gold, camel in abundance, precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him all that was in her heart. Next verse, we're going to be reading down. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. In other words, Solomon was operating in what? Words of wisdom. Word of knowledge. You know? Interpretation of tongues, probably. <laughs> this, you know, any question she brought. By the wisdom of God walking through him, he was able to answer her. He told her all the questions. There was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. Verse 3, and when the queen of Sheba has seen the wisdom of Solomon, now she has seen what? The wisdom. Now, these are the spiritual angles. We'll come to that. When we're talking about glory, there's that spiritual dimension. But first, she saw that, right? Because wisdom is spiritual. People, some people define wisdom as what? The, they say knowledge is facts, Abi. Understanding is appreciation of facts, and wisdom is right application of knowledge. It's not always well. It's limited. Wisdom is first and foremost spiritual. It's from the spirit. Amen. So when she saw the wisdom and the house that he built, talking about the temple. Even if you say, you know, Solomon's house, his own palace was also grand. Grand, it was grand. Now, she saw what? The, hello, are we reading together? I hope somebody eats before coming to church. Well, if you didn't eat before coming to church, you are in good company. Because many of us don't eat before coming to church. Some of us anyway. So don't feel hungry when we sell this. Now, we're talking about glory. What has meat got to do with glory? But this is what she saw. One of the things she saw. She saw what? The meat of his table. You know, some people put food on their status and you'd be like, wow, someone did that in my office recently. The way they, those of you that grew up in Lagos, you know what Ewa going is. And the way they dress that Ewa and the bread, she was like, and this bread is drawing. I'm like, which one is that? Fresh bread, it doesn't just cut. I say this bread is drawing. When you pull the bread, <laughs> I was laughing. I had to tell her, see, if you see this anywhere in this Abuja, just let me know. <laughs> and buy for me. I've been longing for that thing for a while now. <laughs> you know, but food demonstrating what? Glory. She saw the arrangement of his table. Women, 
pay attention to how you dress your table. It's important. She saw the seating of a servant. Seating arrangement. She saw what? The attendance of his ministers. How they carry themselves. Their apparel for beauty and for glory. She saw his cup bearers. These are physical things. And then she saw his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. That's why I so much like uh, the song of ascent in the psalm. Choir, please get into those songs. From Psalm 121 to I think 132. Where it says the song of ascent. In some translations it says the song of degrees. It's like as we get into this, we are rising up. She saw the ascent by which, you know, there was something spiritual about his movement. By which he went into the house of the Lord. And that ascent was not ordinary. It was accompanied by those psalms, by those music. There was a glory coming forth from it. Hopefully, if we don't get there this week, maybe next week God will help us. The place of the worship team. You know, that's why some of us, you know, we don't let you be. Any small thing. We're running, hey, do it like this, do it like this. Because you are important. Amen? You are important. She saw the accent by which she, he went into the house of the Lord. The next part of that verse, what does it say? When she saw all those things, what happened to her? No, please, don't, don't jump. S-W-O-O-N. Her head was just spinning. Say, wow. Like, she said, wow. As in, she saw everything. Said there was no more spirit. She fainted. Wait, ah, this is too much. Now, was there anything spiritual about most of these things? Food. So, there is a physical dimension of glory that God also wants us to express. To demonstrate to the world. Thank God that truly, that is already happening in the Nigerian church. I know somebody where I was talking recently that the government needs to come and learn from the church. You mean Nigeria by now cannot have uninterrupted power? And the person was like, go to redemption camp. They've been doing it for how many years? Whether more than 15 years. He said, go to covenant uh, land. It's been going on for more than 20 years. And you're saying a nation as rich as Nigeria should not have an interrupted power supply. That, those are physical things. But he's already demonstrating a higher realm of existence. Amen? So there is more in the church. It's in uh, Ephesians that the church should demonstrate what? The manifold wisdom of God. True physical realities. Not just preaching. Innovations, ideas. It's part of the glory. That's why we can't afford to do things shabbily. Because the glory that kings will, that will attract kings. It includes this physical dimension as well. Amen. If you read on, she'll say, in fact, they told me. But in fact, what they told me is not up to half of what I've seen. And after that, she was, you know, it moved her to bring all that she had added to what Solomon already had. Amen? I, you know, while reading through this, I just went back to, my mind went back to the le meeting leaders had in um, December. When we talked about the building of the temple, the quarry and everything, and everybody was listing points. And one of the points that stood out to me said that temple was expensive because they brought wood from there, from here, from there. Some people like good things. 
Many people like churches where things are, ah, everything is flashy. I mean, and many people like going for those programs. But when it comes to time to say, ah, we want to do this. You see people that say, ah, the church has a project of, um, I don't know now, you know, but I've been in places where when they hear what church wants, they say, ah, for what? It's too much. I say, ah. <laughs> it's because they don't understand. There is a dimension of glory that is physical. And God wants us to have a heart that embraces that. That is when, when he knows that people are set on giving him the best, then it's easy for him to release prosperity. Amen? It's easy for him to release prosperity. One of the reasons he wants to prosper his children is for his house. Yes, the physical needs in his house and then the work some work that he wants his people to do. Amen. Physical dimension to glory. Amen. Then the second part. Maybe what we'll do this week is just establish these two angles. There's a physical angle. The second part is the spiritual. Of course, when we think of glory, oh, most of us, our mind is in the spiritual. We are spiritual people, right? Are we not? We're thinking of the power of God. Great. We're thinking as what? You know, the wisdom of God, like Solomon demonstrated here. We're thinking of miracles, healings. Let's read Hebrews 12. And um, God helping us. Let's see how far we can go with this. Hebrews 12 from verse 18. You know, Moses encountered the glory of God. And what happened to him? His face was shining. There was a glow. There was a glow about him. When the Lord Jesus entered into the realm of glory, he became transfigured. For Christians who have touched the glory of God, if you say you are expressing glory, one of the areas it should show is in your physical body. Amen? Is in your what? If we see you and we see that there is life in you. Amen. Then we begin to know that. Oh. Glory. Glory is operating here. There is joy. There is. You no know, thank God for that song. There is a vibrancy. There is a cheerfulness. There is a. There is a bubbling. You know. It doesn't mean you are jumpy. And every. Hey. You know. Some. <laughs> the fruit of the spirit is what? Self-control. You don't have to be talkative. To prove that you are bubbling. Because some people, they come into, ah, oh boy, alpha. Hey, they greet you. Hey, hello, area. Hey, no. You don't necessarily have to be like that. But that people see you. And in communicating with you or conversing with you, they can just feel the vibrancy in your spirit. They can feel the joy. They can feel the energy. Those are aspects of God's glory. Amen. For Moses, it was, his face was radiant. Was sorry, that thing stayed in him, you know. That's why, you know, when people, um, recently I was talking to someone, we're talking in the office, uh, glasses, no glasses, and uh, okay, she couldn't read. No, somebody borrowed another person's glasses to do. <laughs> yes, that was what happened. I just noticed that after the writing, the man now removed the glasses and gave it to one lady. I said, ah, what is going on? He said, no, that is our own. Ah. But you have been wearing it for about one hour doing something. Say, yes, he forgot his own at home. I say, wow. I used to have one in the office. And we were just talking about that, talking about that. 
And I said, well, I started using glasses when I was in primary four. I said, wow, really? And your eye has not gone inside like this. <laughs> I said, no, that's because most times you see me, I try to put it off. Because there is a reality in the Bible that somebody has 120 years said, my eyes has not grown dim. And Lord, I said, I'm just 40 something though. Eh? <laughs> my story cannot be different. Amen. Those are promises emanating from encounters with glory. He said, my physical strength has not abated. That was glory that Moses felt, uh, touched. Amen. Now, Hebrews 12, the spiritual dimensions. You know, he said, you are not come unto the mounds that may be touched, that burned with fire and blackness. He was describing what happened to the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, right? Because on Mount Sinai, when the glory of God descended, there was fire. Heavy one, as in... <laughs> Fire is a manifestation of glory. Yeah, at some point in the Nigerian church, everybody that is praying, you know, people say, fire, fire, fire. You know, you don't need to, it's not by shouting. No. When fire touches you, you know, right? You react. But spiritual fire is a manifestation of glory. Sometimes God causes it to be seen. And people experience it. Sometimes you may not even know, but when it touches you, that's why some people react. Amen. Um, God will help us. These are realms that he wants us to get into. With periodic, regular demonstrations. Because when these things happen, it brings change. There is an undeniability. You know, it was in, um, I think when he raised the crippled man, there was a part in the book of her that it said that a notable miracle has been done cannot be denied. That this thing, they cannot say this thing did not happen. They could only tell lies to downplay it. That's why God wants to bring these dimensions of glory. Say, you have not come to a mountain. Um, verse, please take me back to verse 18. Let's start again. You have not come into the mountain that might be touched, that burns with fire into blackness and tempest. You know, tempest is what? Like a storm. Verse 19. And the sound of a trumpet. When the Lord Jesus appeared to John, he said what? I had a voice that sounded like that of a trumpet, right? He said it sounded like the voice of many waters. These are realities. People can be in meetings and you are hearing sounds. You are hearing things. Not that you are hallucinating, but the Holy Spirit is walking with you. These are dimensions of glory that should be regular occurrence in our meetings. That when men encounter this, they know that this is more than the ordinary. Amen. A voice that they had entreated that the word should not be spoken. It was so great, so intense that fear came upon them. They said, Moses, you just go. Just go. This thing still happened. Verse 20. They could not endure what was commanded. If so much that a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned, you know, thrust through, kill the animal. Verse 21 said, but even Moses was afraid. Verse 22 said, you have come unto what? Mount Zion. This is another level. Now, all those experiences that they had in the Old Testament are still valid today. And from time to time, if you check 
there have been people who have seen all sorts of manifestations. It may not be all the time. God does not want your faith to be built on that. But you shouldn't go without them as well. We should not deny the gospel. We should not deny the power. Amen. Because these things are real. And from time to time, when it happens, it has a way of energizing an assembly. Pushing them on to the next level of what God wants them to do. You've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Not by knowledge, by experience. Go on. To the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to God, the judge of all, the spirit of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than Abel. This is like a mixture of different glory manifestations. The Lord Jesus can manifest. He wants to do that in his meetings. Angels, you know, there was um, uh, a group of students went on an outreach many years ago and they were... They were led by Pastor Richard, you know. And they were, while doing praise and worship, in those days, there was no digital camera, you know. Like we have them now. Is it those Polaroid that you do, you carry to dark room. <laughs> and you have to develop the film. So uh, Photoshop was not as common as it is today. So they went, I mean, they just went on outreach, singing, dancing, praising God. They just took pictures. When the pictures came back, they just saw that there was fire. I don't know if you still have that picture, but I'm sure you saw it. <laughs> they just noticed that there was fire amongst them. They saw what looked like, as in a different, just wave. I, I was somehow, well, I don't know whether it was before I joined that group, before they went on that outreach. <laughs> but angels manifested, was captured. The physical eyes they didn't see until they took pictures and they saw fire all around them. And they could now... Think back, say, oh, this was why this and this and this was happening in that meeting. The presence of God being made manifest. Recently, there's one, Pastor Debo, you know, Zoom call. It was on a Zoom call. The people on the other end took the picture. When they sent it to him, he could see the form of an angel behind him. And he was just in prayer, I didn't know. God wants to show such things amongst us. Because when they happen, there are signs, there are miracles, there are, you know, diversity of tongues and interpretation. There are encounters that push you into purpose. Amen. You begin to demonstrate, because these are signs of impartation also. But that's why, you know, some promises. It is well. It is really, really well. Amen. Let's read. Maybe we'll just stop here. Spiritual manifestations. Next week, we'll get into what we can do. The role we need to play to have this become a part of us. This is our heritage as Christians. This is what makes unbelievers come into a meeting and say, ah, God is here. Thank God for the prophetic that we've experienced. But we need to hunger and thirst for more. Some of us are not aware that these things happen. In our contemporary time, it's still happening. Amen? 
So, spiritual manifestations, we've seen some. Let's see Acts chapter 2. This will give us an idea. Okay, first, let's read. Uh, okay, yeah, Acts chapter 2. Let's read that. The day of Pentecost, what happened? They were in one place. In one accord. Bible does not use vain repetitions. They were in one place. In one accord. They were all with one accord. That is very, very important. We look more at that and its implications for us and our conduct when we come together. They were with one accord in one place. And suddenly, ah, please don't run now. There came what? A sound from heaven. Sound from heaven. When you pray, what do you hear? You know, the word that was given on the eve of the election, we were in a leadership meeting and, you know, I just had something. And I looked outside, <laughs> there was no rain. But what I had, I, I was so sure, uh, uh, as in, so you need to pay attention when you are praying. But you don't come into these things when you are casual about prayer. It is the effectual, fervent, the heartfelt prayer. It is in the, when God sees that you are serious what you are doing. That's when your spirit can be open to receive these things. We'll get there next week. So there was a sound. So what do you hear? What do you see? What images are coming to your mind? These are expressions of glory. Sometimes this is how prophetic words come. Amen? So, sound of a rushing mighty wind. Now, for this, at this level, it was not just one person that had it. Because if it was one person, when he wrote it, he said, uh-uh, come. What are you saying? We were all there. Is that not what will happen? But all of them had it. All of them experienced it. That's why they could agree, yes, this thing happened. Let it be in the scriptures. A sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. So it was not one person. That's why I said corporately. And when it happens to a people, the impact is more far reaching than when it happens to you alone. But we all have a contributory role. We have a role to play to determine our corporate experience and how far it takes us. So it filled the house. Next, let's, let's uh, verse 3. We know it. Say so what happened? Tongues of what? Fire appeared and sat upon each of them. Again, if all of them did not see, they would say, oh boy, where, what are you reporting? So it was a general experience. It was a corporate experience. It was an atmosphere. It appeared upon them, sat upon them, and the rest, we know what happened. Tongues. Interpret, you know, everybody started speaking in tongues. God wants us. This is what will cause the knowledge of the glory. It will cause the glory to fill the earth. Because God wants to walk through his people. Amen? Let's see, um, you know, and there are results. The results you can see from verse 42. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Prosperity. Because it was recorded concerning them that people just, be, I mean, resources just began to come. At a level beyond what one person can do. This is what happens when a people enter into this atmosphere of glory. And by God's grace we will enter. This is the year of glory. Amen. 
our corporate experience is going to experience a shift. We're going to press in until we lay hold of it. Let me read Acts 20, verse 7. You know, Apostle Paul, we might not get into you know, the requirements for corporate expression. But already certain things stand out. One accord. We'll look more in depth into that. Unity of the spirit. Unity of faith. Unity in knowledge. There are three levels of unity. We look more at order. We look at the role of worshippers in this dimension. It's so, so critical. So worship team, if I'm in your case, there is something. Say, if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who will rise up to war? So you can see why some of us can't stand the slightest sound going off. Because these things are key. You will read in the Temple of Solomon. We'll read it next week. How large was that choir? Hundreds. And they were in perfect harmony. Until the cloud descended and filled the house. And he said the priest could not minister. Amen. We'll read it next week. But Acts 20 verse 7. Apostle Paul. Upon the first day of the week. When the disciples came together to break bread. Paul preached unto them. Ready to depart on the morrow. And he continued his speech. Read along. He continued his speech. Until mid. Only one person read it. How many of us want me to continue till midnight? <laughs> Amen. But you see. When glory comes. When people press into these realms of glory. One of the things. That they lose sense of. Is time. They are never in a hurry. To leave God's presence. It works in two ways. They are not in a hurry. Then number two. Things happen that they don't even know that they've been there for hours. So, for those that like it sharp sharp. Your sharp sharp might be hindering something. And that's why I say it's a corporate expression. The things of the spirit, eh, you know. When God is dealing with a body. A corporate entity like this. What one person does. How one person feels. Affects. It can just puncture that balloon and pumps. Especially if the person is in leadership. Amen. But today we are not going till midnight. Amen. <laughs> Paul continued till midnight. Now verse 7, verse 8. And there were many. There were many. In the upper chamber where they were gathered together. The question you should ask yourself is. What is so interesting about lights being in a room that they will write in the Bible? Of course, if you are going to preach in a place till midnight, wouldn't there be light? If we are talking about metamorphosis, are we likely to say, ah, in service today, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lights standing. Is it likely that we'll, we'll put that? Even if we add more video lights, which we will do, Amen. <laughs> Pastor Rotimi is laughing. He knows why I said that. <laughs> Amen. Even if we had more light and we are writing about a church, what is significant about light that people will put in the Bible? This is to tell us that these lights were not ordinary. And it took some prophetic ministers who had certain experiences to understand what this meant. In fact, it was John Paul Jackson that I listened to some years ago that he explained what was going on here. He said, 
to us, if you've never encountered it, you just say, ah, it was nice. So they had plenty. In fact, the trouble is some translations put lamps. They had many lamps. But when you say light, in James chapter, is it chapter 1 or chapter 3? He calls God the father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or what? Shadow of turning. The father of what? Lights. Is he electrical bulb? Is he the father of electrical bulb? No. The host of heaven. They are more than angels. Yes, they are angels. In the Bible, you've seen there are cherubims and seraphims. There are elders. And there are all manner of beings. You also have all manner of lights. Lights. When the glory of God appears, most times, what do people see? Lights. That was actually what was going on here. He was preaching and the presence of God came down. And the way that it could be captured is, ah, there were many lights. Because if it was ordinary, I mean, if it was ordinary light, lantern, in those days there was no electricity. If it was ordinary lantern and candles, will that motivate him to put it in this place? But because it was not ordinary, he said there were many lights. A supernatural manifestation. And from uh, ministers, when these things happen, miracles happen. After this, what happened? In this chapter, you know, Paul was preaching all night. Eutychus that was sitting by the window. <laughs> what happened to him? He fell down. And right there and then, what happened? He was raised up again. Because of the manifest presence of God. But in that place, where the people in a hurry, they will have said, Paul, Maybe those who will be traveling with him say, oh God, we need to go and rest. Oh. We need to go and book for a ship ticket. Oh. We need to do this. We need to do that. But they were just there. Surrendered to what God and what he was about to do. There is a principle that the Lord Jesus himself spoke about. He said, don't give your peers to what? To dogs. Or give what is precious to, to swine. There is an attitude that a people must have for some of these dimensions to begin to open up in their midst. God has called us to glory. We'll stop here. Next week, we'll get into other aspects of this. You know, what we need to do to begin to experience this. I watched some videos, just you know, some. Um, I first saw this one, Bethel, um, Jesus Culture. Um, Abi, Bethel, we sing their songs. As far back as 2011, 2012, they were having certain experiences that they would just come together in a meeting and then you just see lights. A cloud would just appear and then it would begin to rain down golds, particles, dust, or lights, just glow. And as people come under that cloud, you just see healings, all manner of healings. All manner of miracles. For some, gifts are activated. For some, you know, impartations take place. Destiny, you know, it, things happen. God wants to bring us to a place where nobody needs to lay hands on anybody before things happen. I mean, that you just come there. If people hear that, what will happen? They will come. 
I don't know if I listed, I went through all the different manifestations. This, it can be as diverse, wind, fire, light. I've been in a meeting, and this one, it was even pharmacist fellowship. There was, um, how many years now? That was before, around 2008, 2009. Pharmacist, Christian pharmacist fellowship. We invited one woman from, I don't even know which church she attended. She came to sing. She was not singing any super super song like that but as she started singing honestly it was raining inside my jacket there was ac i was wearing a suit suit proper suit not coat as in good suit and i was feeling cold inside as if rain was pouring on me the anointing on that woman was just when she finished and i said pharmacy choir come and sing and i was supposed to lead pharmacy choir i'm like God, what, what do you people want us to do again? Because after that kind of ministration, you just want to keep quiet. There are diversities of operations in this realm. Some people speak, you know, when the Lord Jesus was on the road to Emmaus, they said there was what? Fire in their hearts. I've been in a church where one man will come up to speak. The man is a doctor. He owns one of the big private hospitals in Abuja. Anytime he's teaching on faith, it will look as if fire initially i thought whether it because i didn't eat to church and i was having heartburn you know pharmacists medical people you try to reason things but it happened first sunday second sunday th- and ah this is not ordinary this is the realm that god wants to push us into that you come up to sing as a choir and things are happening you come up to lead prayers and glory is happening here we will get there we will experience it Because it's a promise to us this year, manifesting glory. As a corporate entity, we will step into this realm in the name of Jesus. Father, we just ask for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your word that has come unto us. We ask, oh God, that you will cause hunger and expectation to arise in us. You said, bless that day that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they are the ones that shall be filled. We ask that a desire for the supernatural will increase in each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. You cause us to press for these things. Lord, even as we walk by faith and not by sight, it is your good pleasure to give us these things because they are for us. Help us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.